Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our lockdown project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits and today I'm talking to musician, um, musical supervisor, MD extraordinaire, my friend Nigel Lilly. Hi Nigel. Hi Em, it's great to see you. (laughs) It's really good to see you too. First and most importantly, what is your virtual or actual biscuit of choice? Um, It's actually virtual today because we didn't have any, but um, it's probably like a caramel digestive. You know, the ones that stick together. A caramel digestive? I've never heard of it. Like a caramel chocolate digestive. It has a chocolate, but then a layer of caramel underneath it. (gasps) And they're really good and they make your mouth stick together when you eat them. But today I've actually got some apple pie. That's not really a biscuit, but does that count? Oh, it really I made it last... I made... Shall I show you? I made it last night. Oh, look at that. That's proper. Oh, I love that. And so, yeah. how are you doing? How's your lockdown? Um, paint me a picture. Where are you? Um, well, I'm in the flat uh, in London. Uh, when it all hit, I was in New York um, about to open Carolina Change. And we got within two hours of doing our dress rehearsal and then everything got cancelled. So it was all very strange. Um, and so we kind of made a hasty retreat from New York. Um, and I meant to be, I think I meant to be previewing Sunday in the Park. Um, at the Savoy. I don't know where we were up to, but so I was going to come back, have a few weeks off and then go into rehearsal with that. So it was a kind of a big, like a big year, which very quickly, you know, turned into not a big year. Um, But it's actually all right. I think we're all going through different stages. I'm going through different stages of it, sort of feeling ultra motivated and then not motivated. And and also weird being in the flat with Luis, my, my husband, who's like running the country from our kitchen table and I'm sort of, you know, cleaning the cupboards. <laughs> so it's a very <laughs> odd mismatch. I know, making up a fire. So I'm like, you know, Mrs. Overall hovering around while he's talking to government ministers. <laughs> so the flat's a bit weird, um, but I think we're dealing with it fairly well. I can't believe that you were two hours away. Was it your first dress rehearsal? Yeah. That's extraordinary. I mean, we were all sort of close to the wire, but that's, I can't imagine how that felt. I mean, it's so bizarre, especially for, you know, because Caroline is obviously so much about Sharon, who plays Caroline. And, you know, she was ramping up to that first preview. And and so it must have been very tricky for her. But for all the actors, you know, psychologically, you're you're heading towards that, those moments. And it was odd. I mean, obviously it's odd for everyone, but... um, I think we had no idea what to do with all that kind of leftover energy. And actually the adrenaline of just packing up the flat and getting out of New York fairly quickly was enough. But then when we got home, it was just like, what What do we do now? <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a bit curious. And I still ask myself that, I, what do we do? <laughs> what? I know, it's just like, having been, well, you're, you're the same, you've been plate spinning for the years in terms of, you know, overlapping projects and things. And, and then suddenly like there's all this time Mm. which I know we're going to look back on as a bit of a gift. Um, I'm just not, I, I don't think I'm there yet. I think maybe in a few weeks I'll be able to be zen enough to regard it as a gift, but <laughs> at the moment I'm still literally bouncing between 
morning shows and then feeling guilty that I'm morning shows and, you know all those mixed emotions I know how about you how about you guys well we're doing all right we're doing all right yeah. we've got our size lovely son my stepson Reese, staying with us who's um um 17 very nearly 18 and a and a rock star so he keeps us yeah. um amused entertained young it's brilliant and yeah so we're, yeah. we're all right we're doing all right yeah. um tell me about your first choice of music and why um well first of all i know everyone always says this but it's agonizing isn't it <laughs> choosing just three songs it took me a week and then i got i got my list together and realized they were all completely miserable so i changed my mind two are still quite miserable so i apologize but i then put an, a happy one in um, but this is one well i put this in for so many reasons but this is the project where we met which was umbrellas um which we will talk about a lot <laughs> and love very much um so this was a song which actually wasn't in the original film uh, it's from is it from cleo five to seven i was trying to remember it's one of the other jacques demy yes films. um and i think you're right yes but now i'm because I thought it was from Lola, but I'm wrong. I think it's clear five to seven. And and lyrics by Agnes Barda, <laughs> which we won't go into. So. Um, well, I might sadly, go into that in a minute, but yeah, yes. She did sadly die recently, didn't she? She did. So she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this is a song we added for Meow's sort of interact um, uh, sort of vignette she did. And then... Uh, so it was in between acts two and three, wasn't it? Yes. And I, I remember we had to audition it for Michel Legrand um, because I don't think he'd heard it for a while. And we, so we were in a funny practice room up in Leicester and there was just two or three of us, I think, and Michel. Um, and we played it for him. And it was a really special moment. Um, other reasons are that I think Meow is one of the most extraordinary people I've ever met and, and you know, met her through you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, and it's a beautiful song. Just... Two words now, sans toi, without you. Huh. Toutes portes ouvertes, en plein courant d'air. La mer, mes plages se dévident sans toi, sans toi. Ben, en pire perte, nu. Je suis un quart 
la vide Sans toi Sans toi Rangez pas le cafard Morte Au secueil de verre Je me couvre de rides Sans toi Sans toi Et si tu viens trop tard Mort à mis en terre C'est La Sans toi Sans toi Sans toi That was a live recording of Meow Meow singing Sans toi by Jacques Demy and Michel Legrand with you Nigel on piano yeah i think i actually i think the lyrics were by agnes oh gosh i think agnes Varda. well i mean i was trying I, I to crash <laughs> your, I know. your intro to the music but it was crash is the right word we did have a sort of absolute crash on umbrellas of cherbourg as you said this show that we loved so much but it was such a learning curve for me so without going down the rabbit hole of that project i i honestly don't think i had any real concept of rights <laughs> at that point (laughs) I've learned a lot since those days Um, but I honestly thought whenever I did a piece of work that one of the questions was what can I bring to it what ideas can I have and one of the ideas I had is that we'd add this storytelling character which was Meow Meow Le Maitresse and um, I went back through um, Jean uh, Michelle Legrand's work to find a, a song for her because she's got this amazing voice and we found this song in another film and I just thought they'd be delighted <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember being in your kitchen in Leicester in in your digs reading a letter from Agnes Barder which was extraordinary I mean extraordinary to be reading a letter from Agnes Barder in Leicester anyway but like yeah it was quite something and she then she did cross. turn up she was she turned very, up very cross and she turned up. In disguise, with a big hat and a camcorder. <laughs> I think I've learned oh, my dear. lesson. I always work out rights now and I always make sure that the right people have been talked to. But yeah, it was a bumpy old ride, wasn't it? A very, very yeah. bumpy old ride. And and that, that decision to put Meow Meow in was so thrilling to me and felt so core to the project. But I, I hadn't realised what a jolt that would be to the people that made that work so what a learning curve but bloody hell Nigel Meow's voice is amazing isn't it she's she's like no one else I mean and then she and then she can do that stood on point and she can do it in German or French (laughs) her skill set is amazing and just her ability to switch from funny to tragic so 
the raw emotion I just wrote down now, it's like being sort of gently, gently skinned, isn't it? With a sort of delicate <laughs> apple peeler. Yeah. The skin just gets removed and you're completely revealed. Amazing. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how we met because, again, it was Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Um, and I was working, it was the first time that I'd worked on a musical, if that's what you would call it, um, I'm working with a new producer and I was looking for a musical director and I had never worked on a musical before so I didn't know what I was looking for and this project got through we seemed to eat through MDs like nothing else and I kept being interviewed um, uh, meeting people and interviewing people and then they'd get on board and then it would all go horribly wrong I'm making it sound dramatic but I think you were number three I was and people knew that people were being chewed up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I hope it wasn't me, but probably it was with hindsight. Um, but my, I'm going to, um, I've got several reasons for the track I'm going to choose next. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me very much of the sort of the birthing of this project and meeting you and beginning to understand musical theatre. Because when I was working with a previous musical director on this we we couldn't seem to speak the lang- the same language everything he said i didn't understand and everything i said he couldn't understand there was a hilarious moment when he was trying to explain musicals to me and he said well you must know legally blonde and i said no no i don't and he went oh my god you don't know legally blonde i said uh, sorry i don't and he said well it's about this bird who's got a law degree and i went oh a bird has got a law degree. <laughs> honestly, I thought it was like Big Bird from Sesame Street. <laughs> and I thought, now that is a show I want to That's see. That's a show. That is a yeah. show. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, that was the level of communication we had. By the time it was a bird, as in a yeah. female an actual, bird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, a non-actual bird. But there was a moment when I said, look, why don't we share some bits of music we enjoy and, and we might get to know each other a bit more. And he shared with me some John Barrowman, which I have to say is very enjoyable, but was I was not <laughs> expecting that. And I shared this with him right. um, and he hated it. But this is Mr. Hudson and the Library, The Street Where You Live, which is a remix of a song from My Fair Lady. I have often walked round these streets before But the pavement always moved beneath my feet before All at once am I, multi-story high Knowing I'm on the streets where you live Residents may stare, they don't bother me a bit For there's nowhere in the world that I would rather sit Let bare time roll by Just to know For once she's near 
just on the street where she lives. <laughs> I love it. I've never heard that. It's really, really cool. Um, so I feel that when we met, well, you describe what happened when we met because it wasn't like your average meeting, was it? No, it wasn't. Um, so we met at the Haymarket Hotel, I think. We did. And I'd ordered a crown. I was quite nervous because I had not done many job interviews, but also I really, really wanted the job. I'd seen Brief Encounter uh, and I'd met you very briefly after that with because I was with a friend uh, with Sheila Hancock and she had introduced me um, to you. And so you'd immediately become a bit of a hero. So I got a cranberry juice because I got there early. And you came in, I think, after a day of rehearsal and were like, what's that? What's the cranberry juice? I said, come on now, let's get a bottle of wine. <laughs> so we got a bottle of wine and we started chatting. And then I remember, we, I mean, we were really having a good old chat and then we got another bottle of wine and we drank that. <laughs> and then and I remember saying something like, were I to get this job, <laughs> like slurring, <laughs> you've got the job. So, yeah, it was very joyous. And it's kind of carried on in that vein, hasn't it? It has. Um, There's many bottles of wine that passed between Many bottles of wine and lots of laughing. But, so. yeah, we got on immediately, immediately. And, and you know, I, I, I get all the frustrations with, you know, I hate it when people drop out of shows, although I've come to terms with the fact that they do. But always something good happens. And meeting you, I just thought, well, I needed to have gone through all these bumpy starts to, to meet you. Yeah. And... You know, you've, you, I would honestly say that it's you that has revealed the world of musicals to me and has taught me how to love them, how to nurture them and how to appreciate them instead of really what I think I came into, with, which is what all boring theatre people say, which is I don't like musicals. I think I started with that. And I think you've really taught me the, the, this amazing world. Oh, well, and also, you, but you're so open to it as well. I do remember you, you came to see My Fair Lady up in Sheffield. I did. And being like, is this M's bag? You know, oh. not sure whether. And you were so effusive afterwards. It was brilliant. And the same with Follies. I remember coming to, I'm thinking with Follies, is that your, you know, is that your sort of stuff? And, you know, you're just so generous and genuinely, you know, delighting in other people's work, which isn't always oh. easy. Well, so. I do. And a good moment, I mean, what I've learnt, and lots of it through you, is that when a musical gets it right, there's nothing like it. It's yeah. like a punch to the stomach and a rocket to the stars all at the same time. And I was talking to Carly Borden and we were talking about um, I Could Have Danced All Night in that production oh, yeah. of My Fair Lady. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever given a standing ovation in the middle of a show before. Yeah. It and it was, and, and people just did it so automatically. She was, well, she was astonishing in that. But it is funny, isn't it? And also, I think in the casting process, it requires a lot of trust because I may say to you, "Oh, that person's just a little bit pitchy," and I can't tell you why. Just for that one person's important, but I can tell you why. If you get eight of those people, I can't make your end of Act One sound glorious, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that require, and you're you're so trusting with that. Um, but then, you know, I always say I've learned so much from you in terms of being brave in the rehearsal room. I was very much a scurry away and do your homework and come back the next day before <laughs> we met. I remember in the Umbrellas workshop, we wanted to add some harmonies somewhere. And you said, oh, we'll do some harmonies there. And I thought, oh, great, I'll, I'll write something marvellous tonight and come back tomorrow. And then you just said, and said well, no, no, we've got the time. <laughs> Go to the piano. So, ah! <laughs> but actually, that you can do those things and you, you just need to be brave and make an offer. So, Absolutely. Oh, tell me about your next piece of music and why. 
Uh, my next piece of music is um, Cinema Paradiso. It's the main theme. Um, and this is really, this is my lovey-dovey one because this is music that both Luis and I love and uh, we both love film music. Uh, and particularly Morricone, um, so The Mission and Cinema Paradiso. Um, this was played at our wedding party by Howard Goodall and my best friend Charlie Brown. Um, and yeah, it means a lot to us. It makes us cry <laughs> a lot. <laughs> That makes me feel really happy to think of you two crying to that. We actually, there was one Valentine's Day where we'd, we'd said no presents. You know when you say no presents, but you don't mean it. <laughs> so we'd said no presents, but I'd got him to kind of keep the weekend dish free. Um, and a friend was working in Budapest and, and had said we could use the flat. So I bought us tickets to go and see Morricone in Budapest <gasps> as a surprise. Uh, and we went and we it was in a stadium and it was Morricone conducting and we we the people in front of us turned around at one point and asked us if we could cry a bit softer because we we were just weeping um, and Luis had bought me a bike bell and it didn't work 
<laughs> so we had quite a row. Anyway, that was our Valentine's Day that year. Oh, it's exquisite music though, and that really makes me think of you. It's so emotional and so delicate and so virtuosic. And I think that's one of the things you bring to all the projects that I've worked with you on is that you bring such a sort of high standard of of what you bring yourself, but also what you expect from other people. And I love the way that you run a room because you just work on the expectation that it's, it's going to be sensational and people just have to put the work in to get there. And you're very yeah. light and you're very good fun, but you also really demand that level of input. And I watch a room literally breathe in and think yeah we're gonna we're gonna raise the standard we're gonna lift this up and I've never seen anybody else work like that oh, thank you well I mean if you cast well you sort of know what you can get out of people and also I do love you know we did it a lot with the romantics um where I like working without the piano we just you know just people listen to each other's voices um and I think people often I rely on the piano too much in rehearsals and people can't really listen to each other properly so I love doing those kind of acapella rehearsals you know you've got the quality of voices that we had on romantics and umbrellas then it's just a joy isn't it and the fact they have all these other skill sets as well is just crazy to me you know <laughs> but you really do that that tuning in that fine tuning and I love it I, I often turn around to people you wouldn't know because it's when you're leading a room and I sort of think this is the Nigel fairy dust this is when it goes from excellence to magic and you Aww. you just put in all the steps to that it's amazing um Aww, let's talk you. a little bit more about casting because we have had some of the most brilliant moments of our friendship but also some of the biggest laughs in casting haven't we we have sorry i'd just say that if you can hear something just turned up outside it's the drainage man has just turned up so that's good but you can presumably fix all that so can't you so i can fix anything <laughs> so you can sort that can't you um yeah, so casting. Well, do you remember early on when we were casting Umbrellas? And, you know, quite, we needed some sopranos, you know, particularly for the lead role, but we, we definitely needed some top sops. Um, sopranos, so people were bringing, who doesn't know what that means. <laughs> and we were getting some quite classical people come in, and, you know, some of them were great, but, um, and, but some with lots of vibrato in their voice as well. And every now and then, I, over the weeks, I kind of would look over... And I realised that when someone was singing high with lots of fib, you had your fingers in your ears without knowing it. And I said, Em, do you realise that when, you, when you're not really that keen on a sound, you do actually put your fingers in your ears? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, you had to teach me that. Yeah. And then sometimes you say to me, um, if it's a yes, I'll put my pencil on top of the piano. I know. If it's a no, I'll put it on. All right. We it well, we must. Ne we, we now have to get a different system, don't we? But <laughs> there's so much pencil activity going on that anyway. I know. And no one can remember what the code is. But, but it's, it's because you invest in actors, so you know you you fall in love with actors, and then I'm like. I know. And that is the truth of it, isn't it? Is that you have over the years taught me that we will find the right person that has all the skills and that yeah. you just need to dig in and keep looking. And sometimes I've found that really difficult because I want to go, but we've got this person who's just right. He's a fantastic actor or, you know, has got all the other skills and surely we can trade some musicality. And you just are very calm, but very sure and say we will find the right person. And we always do. So you've taught yeah. me to hold my nerve as well. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and also, in a way, I don't think casting's always your favourite bit of the process, is it? I think you want to get in the room and rehearse and devise. I do, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, we've, it's about playing the long game, isn't it? And sometimes you can trade off, but 
but never you know they're always the kind of last people to be you know once you've once you've got the right mix of voices you can usually find room for one or two people but as I say, you want your ends of acts to sound really marvellous. Yeah, but you? having said that, I'm a total convert because when I when I do hear you get those voices, that 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 quality of musicianship together, yeah. and you you hear the room lift and the yeah. hairs on your arms sort of stand on end, then then I know that it's worth it. So there isn't really a conflict. It's just no. I fall in love with different things, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we both fall in love with beautiful musicianship. So there's no argument there. We do, we do. <laughs> so my next choice is to celebrate casting and humanity and you because one of my standout moments in theatre was going to see Caroline or Change in the West End and I went because it was a show that you cared about and you're somebody I care about and as always I find theatre quite hard I find it hard to carve it out of my time and I spend so much time in a darkened theatre I find it quite hard to go and do it yeah. and I went by myself and I found the night and I thought oh you know and I couldn't understand the title's an interesting title because it doesn't give much away I, I didn't know yeah. what to expect I just couldn't get my head around what it was going to be and it was my idea of theatre heaven because I was right near the front of the stalls which is just mm-hmm. how I like it I like to imagine I'm the only person in the theatre and I think it was the most surprising intelligent, meaningful, powerful, emotional, sort of tectonic shape, um, plate shaking piece of work I've ever seen. And I was stuck in my seat, leaning forward, and it feels more relevant today than ever before. And it, it almost breaks my heart that we have to listen to this song and think nothing's changed. So this is Sharon D. Clark singing Lot's Wife from Caroline or Change. Always there's been people who hold their head high getting through. I can't, I can't. Ain't never been no good finding joy the way you should. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Hoping water turn to wine. Hope's fine, hope's fine, hope's fine. Till it turned to mud and some folks go some folks march for civil rights i don't i ain't got the heart i can't hardly read some folks do all kinds of things and black folks someday live like kings and someday sunshine shine all day well sure it true it be that way but is also true. You all can't do what I can do. Y'all strong, but you ain't strong like me. I'm gonna slam that iron down on my throat. Gonna slam that iron down on my heart. Gonna slam that iron down on my sex. Gonna slam it, slam it, slam it down till I drown the fire out. Till there ain't no air left anywhere. What else? What else? What else? What else? Go?
Now that is when musicals hit every bit of my heart, soul, mind, body. What a woman, what a show. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to that. And that was the show that was two hours away from opening. I know. And and I do think that's one of the great performances that I'll ever be part of. I mean, Sharon is... I've always loved Sharon, always. But she kind of went to a place with that role, which was, you know, it, I don't know. It was really extraordinary. And to see the audience's reaction, like at that moment, she stride right down stage and really into the faces of the audience and it was was really extraordinary um and of course and she's an amazingly generous human being and company leader but um i really hope well she will i hope she gets to take it to broadway because i think it's an astonishing performance and it's a it's a really interesting piece of work it's very dense um i found it hard to kind of get my head around it musically it took a long time um but it yeah, I think it's such a weird collision of Janine Tesori, who's able to pastiche all these different styles, and Tony Kushner, who, you know, does the domestic and the epic so easily. And also, we, to be honest, we didn't really know... There's the, the, Part of the main bit of the story is about the Confederate statue being vandalised. I didn't know what a con- Confederate statue was. And then in the first week of rehearsals, there was all the controversy happening in America, and it hit the news. So it's this weird collision of, of timing. Um, so... It's sad that it's so relevant today, isn't it? It is, but Broadway needs this show, so fingers crossed it comes back as soon as it can. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you chose that, Em. It's really... It it really was an important moment for me for lots of reasons, and it made me remember to sometimes get out of theatre because it can change your (laughs) life and change the way that you think and expand your world and expand your heart and you know I I was truly educated by that show in 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 all ways yeah it's why you know when people you know people say musical theatre style and you get the inverted commas and it's like you think oh no really things like cabaret things like caroline they can you know because on one hand they can kind of tease you with the beauty of the music and then they can just punch you in the gut in the next instant instant and i think that's what musicals can really do i agree yeah i agree it's a phenomenal art form and should be respected and loved that's what i've learned (laughs) as well you know don't try and subvert there's no point yeah respect love and and build yeah. Tell me about your next song choice and why. Um, so this is because I, wa- I was about to put another miserable song in <laughs> and I just thought, no one needs to hear sad songs. Um, I, Of all the kind of great divas, I love Lena Horne. I just think she was an amazing musician. Her, her timing is extraordinary. Um, and this album, I like, I listen to lots of live albums. Um, and so this is from Lady in Her Music. This was kind of her reti- meant to be her retirement gig um, in the early 80s. And it sort of became something much more political. So within it, she does a lot of political speak, um, which again, kind of dignifies the form of cabaret. It doesn't just have to be sit on a stool and tell stories about your life. She was really political. Um, and added to that it's produced by Quincy Jones so like the horns sound incredible so from a kind of geeky mu- musician point of view it's it's a joy um, but yeah have you heard it be- before Em have you ever no, heard it never I think it's kind of real I love the first line of this song it gets me right here don't waste your time walking if you need it right away don't waste your time talking if you ain't got nothing to say 
keep you eye on the open road You're a fool if you live in the past Don't you know the time's gonna come When it ain't gonna be easy to say Oh, times may be bad and your friends are all gone Don't you go crazy, life goes on Times may be bad and your friends may be gone Don't you go crazy, life goes on Really it does, believe me When you find out your little bit of fighting's done gone wrong Don't waste your time writing If you're writing little lies in your song Life is a matter of ups and downs Take your good right along with the bad Don't you know the time gonna come It ain't gonna be easy to say Oh, oh, oh Time may be bad and your friends all gone Don't you go crazy, life goes on Time may be bad and your friends are all gone Don't you go crazy, life goes on Believe, believe Take a look at the brighter side Of the things that you plan to do Especially when the morning comes around Bringing everybody a gift A gift of a brand new day And if you're smart, forget about the stars The trip is up to you Don't you know the wheel's gonna turn It could be turning your way Look out, might show up today Wanna be cold? Let them freeze, honey. Don't waste your time. Don't you know they got to grow old? Yes, life is a matter of ups and downs. Take your good right along with the bad. Don't you know the time's gonna come? Ain't gonna be easy to say. No, no, no. Times are bad. Your friends are gone. Hang on in there. Life's going on. Times are bad. Your friends are gone. Keep on trucking, honey. Cause I'm still up here rolling on and on and Life Goes On, Lena Horne. What a perfect lockdown track. Isn't it brilliant? It's I mean, it's just joyous. brilliant. Oh. Yeah, and the skill behind it, you know, she, she does the bits of talking, but she fits it in exactly the right gap. And I don't know, there's just something about it. And obviously there's lots of key changes that happen later on. Um, the whole thing's really worth a listen. Uh, also, she did a great album with Michelle Legrand. Did Just she? her and Michelle. And um, it, that's magic as well. So it's got a very good I will wait for you on it, Si, in case. <laughs> I think I included it on that album I made for you of all the different I will wait for you's that exist. I think it's on there somewhere. <laughs> you must dig that out, Si. <laughs> oh, I, this is sort of out of nowhere, but I wanted to mention one of the things that I love about you is that um, you're super important and successful and talented and high-flying just take it Nigel Lilly (laughs) but you really really stay 
completely hands-on in every sense of the word. You know, you're so involved in the process and the personalities and the fun of it. And one of the things that you do, which I've never known anybody else do, is that you break down the music for all the actors and you send them videos of yourself um, so that they've got no excuse not to have learnt. And, um, <laughs> and it's so brilliant because I feel that you're so generous with your time and your skills, but also exacting, that you're also saying, I'm going to do this work for you. All you have to do is meet it with your... Yeah. But I love the way that you use technology for that and that you demystify music by just saying, you can do it, I'm going to break it down. But the other thing I like is that you can tell who's listened. <laughs> I know, it's terrible, isn't it? So, Because actually that was... I think Umbrellas was the first time I'd really done that Dropbox thing. Because it was probably the... You know, Dropbox was just becoming a thing that we used. Um, but I was well aware that we had as with all shows, that we had lots of people from different backgrounds. So people, some people could read and felt fine with it. Other people would be quite stressed out by the harmonies and whatever. So, and I always tell them it's optional. Obviously, I don't mean it. It's a lie. Um, <laughs> I expect them all to listen to it. Um, but yeah, you can see, you know, what percentage of people have listened and you can actually check in with who's opened them, uh, which is a bit naughty. But yeah, I just think, it, as you say, it's about kind of offering an effort level at the outset of the project. Um, and I do think people might sit around two weeks before the first day of rehearsals feeling quite anxious and they want to put that energy somewhere. So they might want to just spend a few hours a day dealing with their anxiety by, by working on the tracks. And also, you know, as I say, some other people can just turn up on day one and they can go with it. So, and as you say, we always know we're going to get there in four or five weeks. It's just, you know, at but what you point me, with, with your homework and your gentle, kind, funny demands on the company that they also do it. It's you buy me my time to play because we're yeah, not struggling yeah. at the end of the process to remember notes or anything. You've embedded it so early. But it's it's such an ungrand way of working and I really appreciate it. Really oh, appreciate well, it. Um, and it's a good way for me to learn the score as well. You know, I can really get inside it then. Um, but as I said, the, that's not the fun bit of rehearsals, is it? Is sitting around note bashing, you know, no. this is a D, this is a G. The fun bit is playing volleyball and then, you know, rehearsing. <laughs> Making our show. <laughs> I'm basically trying to get more four square time. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to get. And you have the devil in your eye when we play. I am, I am embarrassed at how, how competitive I am at games. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I love it. Well... I'm going to play us out on um, a song from our beloved Romantics Anonymous, which was our show that also got stopped by lockdown. Yeah. It was, they were, I think they were 48 hours away from flying to LA to play in Beverly Hills. Um, but thankfully, unlike Caroline or Change, we got to make this. So we had made it um, and it opened at Bristol. And it, and it was just as, just as beautiful the second time around, I thought. I mean, oh, brilliant so beautiful. company all over again. So, well, yeah. it was improved as well, wasn't it? Because we all improved. Um, yeah. Chris and Michael, Chris Diamond and Michael. We knew, we knew what it was. You yeah. really improved the musical score. I improved the, 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 the book. So we'd really all dug in and it was, anyway, I miss it. And hopefully this one comes back. So Yeah, I really hope so. This is going to be... Um, Too Good for Words, sung by Carly Borden and Mark Antolin. And before we play it, Nigel Lilly, can I say thank you? You are my musical theatre muse and mentor. And thank you for your talent and your high standards and your perfect ear and your naughtiness and your rudeness, your kindness, your friendship and your fun. You're the tops. This one is not bad, not bad at all. Is the violet note a little too forced? Mm, yes, it will require less. 
one here do not even try it, it's revolting. Ah, but it is imperative that I try it. <laughs> Indeed, revolting, uh, that is the word. <laughs> ah, but this one? Yes? This one's really so, it's hard to explain. No, I know, it's sort of, well, mm. Right, I can't quite describe it, it's like something. Oh, gosh, it's right there on the tip of my tongue I mean, some things are too good for words Gosh, that flavour's just... Yes, but not right away No, you're right, it's far more subtle at first Slowly teasing and tempting A seductive foreplay Till it blows in one orgasmic burst That is, some things are too good for words no language can capture that silky smooth rapture It's such elegant success It's so satisfying, you're suddenly flying Wrapped up inside that sensual caress Oh, that apricot feeling's absolutely sublime If you think it's good already, just wait about chocolate is it often takes time for the flavors all to penetrate I mean get inside some things are too good for words <laughs> you're swirling and mingling your senses are tingling in complete euphoric bliss you're desperate to savor each decadent Don't you think it's amazing How you never quite know With a thing that starts out so sweet and small True, the tiniest flavour Well, it sometimes can grow As you feel all your defences fall I mean, some things Some things If you have a memory or connection you'd like to share on Tea and Biscuits, leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846. That's 0117 318 3846. Keep checking our social media for details of our next show. Tea and Biscuits is part of Wise Children's Lockdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye.